Hello and welcome to episode 231 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. Well, it's one of my favourite weekends of the year. At Newmarket, there's the Group 1 Middle Park and Cheveley Park Stakes, the Group 2 Royal Lodge Stakes, and of course, the wonderful Cambridgeshire Handicap, and they all run on Saturday afternoon. Then on Sunday, it's the big day of the year at Paris Longchamp, with six Group 1 races to enjoy, including the Prix de Loc de Triomphe, the highlight of an amazing day's horse racing. City AM Racing Editor Bill Esdale previews the best of this weekend's racing action, plus Wally Pyra looks ahead to Sunday's meeting in Hong Kong. Well, it's a fantastic weekend of racing, both Saturday at Newmarket, also in Paris Longchamp on Saturday as well, and we may see Trushan. But on Sunday with the Ark and six Group 1s, really fantastic weekend to look forward to this weekend of racing. Not easy to find the winners, I don't think, but Bill's on hand to give us a bit of a helping hand after last week. First of all, congratulations with Thunder Bear. The plan, as they say, worked absolutely brilliantly. Five furlongs, soft ground, small field, and he came and won at 12 to 1. He showed us the trophy just a few minutes ago before we started recording. That was it must have been a great feeling. I know you were there watching it. In fact, you were still in the, the Dave Yates position behind the ITV cameras. Uh, I'm sure you had to pay him a lot of money to get that location because you were sneaking in there looking for a bit of a wave to the camera. Hello, darling, I've won the trophy. That must have been great feeling. It was great. And, you know, well done for Jack. But he was confident on the day. And, yeah, he was a big drifter as well, which was surprising because he was kind of 7 to 1 in the morning and he went off at 12. Um, but he did it really well. He just very effective on that ground. The ground was really soft. Um, and it's good when the plan comes together. So it was really good. Where does he go now? Is he staying island or is he coming back over? Well, there's the option of, I mean, Ascot next week will probably come too soon for the listed Ralph stakes over five. And the ground might not be soft enough as well. Um, and yeah. It's an option of a race like the Wentworth Stakes, which is a list of race on the 11th of November at Donny, where the ground is always bad. Um, that could be a potential target. Um, but it's, it's, it, ultimately, it's up to Jack. And if he feels the horse is ready for another run, um, now the ground's where it is. Um, we'll have to see. But you kind of have a hard race like that, whether you whether you like it or not on that ground. It's hard work. And if he's done for the season, he's done for the season. But... They're all kind of grand plans afoot um, mm-hmm. to target group ones. And look, he's a very capable performer on bad ground. And you put him in all the big sprints next year and if the ground turns bad, you just never know. Because he's growing. He's only a three-year-old. He's got lots of growing to do and he's an exciting prospect. Great stuff. Thunder Bear. That's the horse to follow. Write it down. Well, new market this weekend. I've got uh, some great races coming up. You know, really nice group races. But they're really pretty tricky because we're looking at two-year-olds for the main part who are up against each other and they've all got uh, terrific form and the, the question is who's going to show it on the day and who's actually better than the other we'll go to parry long shot for the sunday card shortly but we'll start at newmarket at 150 and we'll hear today as well from sam hoskins who, who's talked about a couple of his horses this weekend so uh, i've got a guest on the show as well in, in addition to Wally and, and Bill today. Now, it's the Royal Lodge starting off at 150, Bill, on Saturday, over a mile on the Rowley Mile course, so nine of them. Capulet comes over for Aidan O'Brien with Ryan on board, who's been travelling the world, went to Australia for one ride, I believe, and then came back and rode the next day. Incredible how <laughs> these jockeys do it. Uh, this horse won on its debut, was second behind Diego Velasquez at Leopardstown, both of those over a mile. And Ablan, now this is the horse that won on the 2nd of September at Sandown, a day that people were saying that Godolphin, Charlie Apple, would be out of form, not had a winner, not doing so well. But Ablan went off the 7-4 favourite, late money for him, and he came, and he's unbeaten two from two, having won at Newmarket over seven. So he steps up to a mile, the son of Dubawi. Al Musmax in there for Roger Varian, who's won two, of his three and ghostwriter for Clive Cox, two from two from his, the son of the invincible spirit. 
It's a tough one. It's a really tough race to start with when you're going for selection, I think. Yeah, really good race. Uh, all, all, all the two-year-old races are, are, are strong this time. I mean, it's, I'm not sure they still bill this as Future Champions Day. I haven't seen it marketed as Future Champions Day. They used to. Um, I don't know if that's something they've dropped, but um, it's definitely going to live up to that kind of labelling this year because um, there's just, just very good horses on display. Lots of, as you said before, match-ups and... Um, yeah, two two big reputations coming head to head in some or or most of these these two year old races. Um, it's funny to think the Royal Lodge used to be run at Ascot, and it's weird to think that it's. It, I remember when Franco won in two thousand and ten. So it's going to be thirteen years since then. God, I don't know where the time goes. Yeah. Um, but whether we see we see another Franco in a race like this, I'm not so sure. Um, Capulet is favourite um, on the back of what was a really good run last time uh, against one of the Hayden's top guns, Diego Velasquez, um, who's got a big reputation, Diego, Diego Velasquez. Um, he's by Frankel, um, hence the Frankel connection out of a medical sweepstake. And that was, um, that was good. It, it felt workmanlike at the time because you, you thought that Capelet was going to beat him at one point because he would led and Diego Velasquez took time to get there. And then Capelet fought back. Um, and at the time, it felt like a more of an underperformance from the winner. But um, the third is a good horse of Joseph O'Brien's. And the fourth, Depone, Deep One, or I don't know how, whether you call it Deep One or Deponi, but I think it's Deep One, uh, came out and won the Beresford last weekend. So that form has had a little boost. And they were way back. Um, those other ones, um, D Deep One and that lot, they were... they. Um, they were kind of four lengths back um, behind the, the front two that day. So the form has substance. Um, I think Capulet looked smart, was good on his debut. He's taking on the best he's taken on so far here. Uh, Ablam, you mentioned, was a bit of a baby when he won at Sandown last time. Did everything wrong, very weak in the market. But kind of <laughs> got the job done, wore them down. It was a good performance and... And we know he's pretty high up the Charlie Appleby packing order, so he'll go well. And Almus Matt was put in his place by Resilian uh, at Ascot, but bounced back at Haydock the time afterwards. So um, good horses in here. Ghost Rider, you know, two and two, very solid for Clive Cox, one last time. Uh, I went full circle in this race. I was I was originally trying to find something to take the front two on, then came back and felt it, it is a bit of a match between the front two. Um, and I just feel that, Capulet is going to be too good for these. He's straightforward. Uh, he'll enjoy the ground. He'll go forward, set his own fractions. Uh, I think he's going to be pretty hard to beat. I think he looks, the, the key is the word straightforward here. Ablam was quite keen last time. You know, is he valued to take him on? I'm not sure. He's got to behave himself. He's got to be on his A game. Um, look, he may wear down Capulet late on, and if he does, he does. But uh, the vote for me would be uh, would be Capulet. I think he's going to be too good for them. Um, he's two to one. He's not a massive price, um, but he just looks a cut above these, and I think he'll get the job done. He's drawn nine, so he's going to be the, the draws stalls in the centre, but he can make his way over to the stand side. That's where they all seemed to come yesterday. Um, so it's probably the place to be. So yeah, Capulet would be the selection for me. Well, he's two to one, and in the two twenty-five, the Chiefly Park over six furlongs, there's another two to one favourite lurking there, and she looks pretty spectacular. It's relief rally for William Haggis and Tom Marquand won her last two. She won that super sprint at Newbury where there was twenty runners, absolutely dotted up down the near side rail by three lengths. She went up to York uh, and won the Lowther, which is a Group Two for fillies by a length from Cherry Brossom. She looked fantastic on both of those runs and certainly want to follow in the double green of Simon Muneer and Isaac Suede colours on Saturday. Now, France come over to England. We're going over to Paris and Paris come to England. Jasmine's Secrets, a French-trained horse. Crystal Sumignon's on board. She's unbeaten in her two runs, both of those over six furlongs at Deauville. Soprano goes for High Clare for George Bowie's yard and Sacred Angels in there for Charlie Johnston having won a couple of her races. And Cherry Blossom's in this race for Aidan O'Brien, with Ryan on board, having been behind Relief Rally on one stage and second at the Coa last time out in a big race behind one look. But she was beaten six lengths as the even-money favourite. 
it's going to be hard to um, go against Relief Rally in this one. I know she's stepping up to Group One company, but she does look pretty special. This two-year-old. Yeah, she she does look really good, and um, she kind of pulled Victory out the fire a bit last time. Um, she looked cooked at York, and then she ra- rallied back to beat um, Cherry Blossom. Look, she's really good. This is her acid test, as you'd imagine. We're in we're into. Um, group one company here and it's a big field and a big quality field like you said um got runners from france got runners from ireland you've got the best of the english in soprano relief rally um really hard nightmare from a betting point of view um primarily because you can make a case out a strong case out for about six or seven of these i mean relief rally the case is obvious the price isn't great um soprano's got a better chance than the price would indicate uh, she completely fluffed her lines last time. Just the feeling that six furlongs back at Newmarket where she won on her debut is probably going to suit her. That was over five, but six is her right trip. She didn't necessarily get home over seven, um, but I think she's going to run really well. She's got to be on a short list. Um, she did remarkably well to get as close to Juniper Berries last time uh, as she did, but she's got to be on her best behavior. Um, the French really, we don't know much about. We know that she's very good. Um, she's two from two. Um, she won a conditions race at Dover last time and, you know, she, she looks smart. That's the only, uh, only way you can kind of put it, but how smart she is, I don't know. And she's priced up as if she's, she's very good. You know, she's seven to two second in, she might well be, um, but she's, she's just a bit short. Uh, we saw Cherry Blossom run last weekend, um, where she was beaten in the, in the, in that Goss Millions race, uh, beaten by a very good horse. One look first time out a freaky kind of performance that was but cherry blossom traveled well and then kind of stamina gauge went to zero um so the winner got away from her so she's going to be much better back over six furlongs and it's better judged on how close um she got to relief rally last time before that a yawl so she's in it too but it's it's fiendishly difficult um jack davison who 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 trains thunder bear um spent most of last weekend talking about she's quality um wherever he had an excuse he's she is the (laughs) apple of his eye and um when there was a a a moment to bring her up he brought her up and he was really excited about running her back over six furlongs in a group one and she wants decent ground strong pace cover she previously come over and won a maiden uh, in pretty good style at um at Newbury. Um, but these are ideal conditions. The horses are in great form and look great. Uh, she's a 33 to one chance. Now, um, lots of the, cause of the big field, lots of these firms, um, are offering you a fourth place. And if you, some of these firms also offer you the chance to pick your places. So something like William Hill, you can, you can back her at 28 to one, four places, or you can back her 16 to one at five places. Um, I've done both. I backed her at 28s, five pla- uh, four places, and, uh, and 16s, five places, um, because I don't think she's far off these. And what you tend to have in a race like this with these two-year-olds is they tend to finish in a bit of a heap, and uh, the closers come come late and fast. And I just got a feeling she's going to weave her way through, massively outrun her price at 33 to 1. But um, I've I've played her 28, four places, and 16, um, five places. And when she finishes ninth, I hold my hand out and say we got it wrong. But <laughs> yeah. I think she'll outrun her her price. Um, <laughs> so I would advise one point each way at thirty three three places, one point each way twenty eight four places, and one point each way at sixteen five places. And then we get we absolute high five if she wins. <laughs> um, but you've got some cover there for to hit the frame. Um, if if that's too brave a bet and too brave a call for some of you, uh, William Hill are offering seven to one soprano four places. I think that's really fair. Um, I think if she doesn't fluff her lines to start, I think she'll just run well because the track and triple suit. She's drawn high. She should finish off. Whether she's good enough to beat Relief Lally is a question mark, but she should be in the four. Um, but I think soprano would be the best each way of the top lot. But the main section would be she, she's quality at a massive price each way. I know you mentioned they're normally finishing the heap. And just going back to that one-look race last week at the Curra, a furlong out, there was about seven or eight in line. You thought, this is going to be a really tight finish. And then one look, burst through, like she just joined the race, wins by six lengths. And from what I'm hearing, 
Paddy Toomey, who trains her, had a chance of running it in a maiden on the Monday, which was worth six grand to the winner. Or he could have run her at the Curra, <clears throat> which obviously then he did from the Goffs Million. And he's picked up 610,000 in one run as a two-year-old. Wow. I mean, he, he, and it's held by a syndicate as well. Can you imagine them? ringing up the trainer on the Monday going, wow, that's just that's unbelievable placing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it was a an extraordinary performance because sales races are normally scrappy and there's normally three or four that draw clear. You don't normally see things go clear in a race like that. You see them do it in a maiden, but not in a race like that. She's by Glen Eagles and she's, um, she's going to get better and that was her first run. So <laughs> she knew her job. Um, and... You know, I I couldn't quite believe when I looked at the screen that she was five to one. I'm thinking this thing must be a monster to be five to one first time out against Cherry Blossom. You know, off levels, a horse that's been beaten a length in a group two. It's like, well, how good must this thing be? And she was better than good. I mean, she's really good. She's she I don't know what price she is for the guineas, but that those kind of races are going to come on her radar now. But um, yeah, that was that was some performance. It was terrific to watch. It's unbelievable. Well done to Paddy Toomey for that. Now, at 3 o'clock, we've got the Middle Park, which is a Group 1 at Newmarket on Saturday. Another six furlong on the Rowley Mile course. And th this is another head-to-head. -head. Van Deek, who's unbeaten for Simon and Ed Crisford in the KHK Racing Colours. James Doyle in the saddle. This time he's taken over from Andrea Adsini, who's obviously gone off to Hong Kong uh, for the time being. One at Deauville recently. Beat Rama 2 by a short neck with River Tiber back in third. River Tiber's in this race as well for Aidan O'Brien and Ryan Moore. They are the top two in the market and they go up against each other once again. Jasso was in that race, finishing eighth on an allocation for Clive Cox. Didn't really go well for him. Task Force is unbeaten one at Salisbury and at Ripon over six for Rafe Beckett in the Judmont colours. Lake Forest goes for William Haggis as well. Now, Van Dijk was pretty impressive at Dover when winning over six, but watching that race, and I think I backed River Tiber on the day, don't think he really got the run of the race at all. Never seemed to go well. Started slowly, never got into it, and, and was running on at the end. Is Van Dijk the correct favourite? Yesterday, River Tiber was favourite on the slight anti-post. Now it seems to be Van Dijk's the unbeaten favourite for the middle park. Are those two going to battle it out again, do you think, Bill? I think they probably will battle it out. And it's it, this is where it's a great game of opinions here. You've got um you've got the Van Dijk camper with the unbeaten uh fancy three from three, won the best two year old race of the season. I mean, that was a serious race that he won last time. I mean, I don't think there'll be a two year old race run like that, the pre Mornay. I mean, Ramatui is top class, he was second, River Tiber we mentioned was third, Sacred Angel was fourth and been out and won. You know, and you're going back to Valiant Force, Elite Status, Jasur, Thunder. I mean, there was just fuller quality, and he, and he kept up his unbeaten record. Um, he travels supremely well. The question over Van Dijk is there's going to be no soft in the going description for the first time in his career. And is he is he dependent on it? I'm not so sure. He's got to prove that he that he's not dependent on it, but he just travels well. You know, there's a, there's a danger. He could be better with it. You just don't know. But he's been very effective on soft ground. And, you know, it was very soft at Goodwood and very soft at Deauville. So this is a very different test. And River Tiber is a horse who was three for three going into that pre-Mornay, was weak in the market. Um, Aidan O'Brien made noises before and afterwards, to be fair, that he was a bit behind in his work. And he ran and was kind of positioned in the race like a horse that was behind in his work. Um, so... Yeah, he's got two and a half to three lengths to make up on the winner, but there are plenty out there who think he will, judged on his Ascot form. Um, it's just which which um, which camp you're in. Uh, are you in the um, in the OR? That was a freak performance, or, or, or you know, kind of do you generally give give it give him a, give him a chance of reversing that form with with Van Dijk? If I'm honest, it's a heads or tails call for me. I would be with Van Dijk. Um, because I think he's got less to prove. I think he was brilliant um, last time. Um, I couldn't believe how he got the job done, the 
got the job done at Goodwood in the style that he did. And I think that he's a very, very smart horse. And look, River Tiber could easily reverse that form. I think they're the big two. Um, you know, at, at the prices, you try and look for a big one each way. Um, I was hoping Task Force of Race might be a bigger price. Um, you know, but he's single figures against some real big shots and you just worry whether he's um, he's quite good enough. Um, I might play uh, Give Me the Beat Boys. I think, you know, very expensive purse just, just before Royal Ascot. Um, uh, Jesse Harrington's horse. Um, you know, he, he he's a talented. Um, you know, the fact that, that they paid 1.1 million for him um, and then he went on and, and, and hit the hit the kind of frame at, um, at Ascot, or the edges of the frame, I should say, in fourth. And then and he had one run since, and he was third at, third at the Curra. Um, not totally out of this, and 33s is a big price, and you can get kind of 18s, four places, or 20s, four places. Um, that wouldn't be the worst bet. But look, I think Van Dijk will win it, um, but I wouldn't put anyone off a small each way on Give Me the Beat Boys. Give Me the Beat Boys. That's a, a line from Dobie Gray's song, isn't it? Yeah. Dr- drift Away. Not many yeah. of your horses drifting away. I've got to tell you that. So we'll we'll see how that gets on. Uh, on Saturday, it's a cracking race. Those two at the top really could be battling that one out in the finish, and we look forward to that. Uh, at 3 o'clock on Saturday at Newmarket, now 3-4 of course, is the, the big one. We've got all those Group 1 and Group 2s, and then a Heritage Handicap comes and, and takes centre stage for a while. The Cambridgeshire over the mile and a furlong. And the maximum field, hopefully all 35, will go. There won't be any withdrawals on the day. We've got the likes of Greek Order, Dual Identity, Astro King, Oviedo, good old Sagas in there as well, Liberty Lane, and we've got a few in there, Crackshot as well. And I'm sure Bill's had a good look at the Cambridgeshire. Before we get his thoughts, let's hear from one of the owners, or at least the syndicate manager. Uh, we're going to hear from Sam Hoskins, who's from the Kennet Valley syndicate they've got dual identity horse number 15 in the race with marco gianni on board he's run about a 12 to 1 shot it's probably going to be second or third favorite certainly is at the moment and i spoke to sam on thursday had a quick word with him we'll hear from him later on he's got horses in the uh the prix de l'abbe at long shot as well on sunday but dual identity we spoke about his win an impressive victory as it was at Sandown on the 2nd of September. He was back to a winnable mark. Um, he, he was um, only a pound higher than when he was sort of a second in the race last year. But he, he, he'd he been promising. He hadn't run a bad race all season. And if you watched his Goodwood race back, he didn't do anything wrong. And he, he got dropped another couple of pounds for that. And um, I think, I mean, Sandown clearly suited him well. Um, and it was always the idea to, to have him fresh for that and to go the same route as we did last year with him, which which was Sandown and then on to the Cambridgeshire. And, but I think I don't think we expected him to win like that, that's for sure. Because he went by four and a half, and Marco Gianni probably couldn't believe his luck coming in, into the straight, because it was still pretty open coming into the Sandown straight. But, you know, furlong to go, it was all over, wasn't it? Well, it was, I know, exactly. I have to say we thought he might have hit the front a bit too soon, but he, but he galloped on really well. And I mean, the trip's been a bit of a question mark for him this season, whether he, we felt he'd gone, become more of a miler, because he... It wasn't quite getting home at the start of the season, right? But um, but he, he couldn't say he didn't get home um, <laughs> um, at Sandown. I mean, he hit the line really strongly. So um, and the, the, you do need to get home in the Cambridgeshire, and, and he he did last year over that nine furlong trip, and, and and the last day at Sandown suggests he should he shouldn't have any issue this time either. You know, when you're running in the, in those big races with twenty and thirty runners like the uh, the Royal Hunt Cup at Ascot and then the Golden Mile at Goodwood. You know, you can, you can be beaten 11th and 12th, but you're not beaten far, are you? I mean, five and a three-quarter lengths at 50 to one shot. The Goodwood run was pretty good. Exactly. At Ascot, he was actually second on his side. And um, at Good and Goodwood, he literally did nothing wrong because he was at the back from a terrible draw. And he was sort of never nearer. Um, and you couldn't really blame him for anything. It just it, they went slowly in front, and they never, and the ones from behind never really could get anywhere near. So he, they, he got dropped in the weights both times from that, and actually neither race he really did much wrong. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, it was it wasn't unpredictable the last day. I mean, I think Williams Williams horses perhaps perhaps uh, hadn't been in the best of form in the summer, um, but um, they're running a, they're running a little bit better now, and um, 
so it was quite hard to be confident the last day, but but um, that that was a really good that was a really good win. Obviously, he's gone up in the weights as you would expect after that victory to ninety five, but. He, he he wasn't stopping over a mile and a quarter. This is a mile one. It's got a uphill finish. It's pretty much ideal prep for what you need for for Newmarket, isn't it? Well, I hope so. Yeah, exactly. He's got a very, he's got a high cruising speed, and um, we know he obviously that the, the test he, he revelled in it last year in the Cambridgeshire. I mean, it suits him perfectly, and and obviously we got we get going this time around. So yeah, there are not there aren't many excuses. He is higher in the weights than he was last year. Um, but uh, but that said, I think I mean e- even with four pounds higher last year, he still would have been very much in the thicker thing. So mm. um, it, it's an open race. It's an open race. I think the, the Roger Charlton horse Greek order. I think he's extremely interesting. Um, always promised like he, he could be a group horse and a handicap that horse. Um, but but for the rest of us, there's a lot of horses that are, are closely matched, and and we, we know we know a fast pace will really suit your identity. Um, so um, we, yeah, we really hope, really hope you have a, so- a solid each way chance. And of course, Marco Gianni keeps the ride, and why wouldn't he after a ra- run like that? Yeah, exactly. He's ridden him at home as well, and he rode him at Sandown the last day, and and, and hopefully gets on well with the horse. So um, we'll um, Andrea rode him last year, and uh, he's now off to Hong Kong. But um, anyway, it's great to see Marco on him, and, and hopefully he'll give him a nice spin. That's Sam Hoskins, who's in charge of the Kennet Valley Syndicates. I know you fancied dual identity, Bill, and tipped him up on the day. You actually got the, the forecast with certain lad who was second. But the way he won that off 87, over a mile and two at Sandown, pulled clear, won by four and a half lengths under Marco Gianni. It's really set him up for this Cambridgeshire. But as Sam was saying, Greek order could be a, a group horse and a handicap for the Charlton's. How did you see this? It's four to one the field for a field of thirty-five. There's got to be some value in there somewhere, isn't there? Just, just on on dual identity and, and Kennet Valley's Sam Hoskins and, and Piers Wentworth run um, the, the Kennet Valley syndicates, and uh, they they do a great job. I, I know from putting um, these kind of partnerships together that there is pressure to get horses to run on the big days and. The Kennet Valley team do it consistently, and you know we're going to hear about their chances of horse they got running in in the Abbey um, a bit later. But they are they consistently get these horses to the big days. They have their big winners, obviously Sabuska and other, other other big high profile winners. And Jewel Identity was very unlucky in this twelve months ago, just drawn on the wrong side, drawn too low, won that race by daylight, but was obviously. Um, Behind the stand side finishes majestic, leading that this lot home. Um, he's four pounds higher after that really good win at Sandown. I'd love to see him win. He's got a he's got a middle to high draw, which I think is what you need. Um, comes here in good form, shouldn't be far away. Um, it's just a pricing for me, he's ten to one. Um, Sam is dead right about Greek order. He's he's this kind of flashy three-year-old type, and you're going back to the lights of of kind of pipe dreamer. And there was another one of of John Gosden's who won it, uh, Lord North. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was another one of his that did it. Um, I can't remember its name off the top of my head. Um, that are just group horses. And they they come here off their marks. And this horse, you know, I, I previewed this race in the paper early in the week on, on Wednesday. And we'll come back to those selections in a minute because I'm not going to abandon them for those followed. Um, but... Christ, I look back at Greek Order and I watched him last time. I just think, oh my God, how's this going to get beaten? Um, it's just no one really has the appetite to back four to one shots in, in a race of the field size of this. But um, I think you need traffic. If I'm honest, I think you're going to need traffic trouble to be, get this horse beaten. I think he's going to have to get stuck by the wall of horses because I think he might be just a cut above these. And you sometimes just have to take a deep breath and look at it and think, this is a three-year-old who is bred to be very good, running off a mark in the 90s in a handicap where he could generally be running in a Prince of Wales next year. And that's that's the important thing, like Lord North. <laughs> and if you said to if you could take the clock back when Lord North winning his Prince of Wales, you'd go back and think, oh, actually, I wouldn't mind taking seven or two or four to one in the in the Cambridgeshire. So I, I certainly wouldn't put people off um backing him you often see short price ones in these big field handicaps um over time but I, I i don't think um 
this fellow is a bad bet, actually. I, th- I wouldn't put anyone, if anyone strongly fancies him, I certainly wouldn't put you off. Um, he's by Kingman. He, he he could be very, very good. Um, he's learning on the job. He had a big gap between winning at Sandown and then coming at Newbury, and he'd strengthened up and looked better. And I know the handicappers shoveled 10 pounds of coal on top of him, but I don't think that's going to stop him, to be honest. And um, I think he'll be bang there. Definitely the one to beat. But I, early in the week... Um, Put up Bo Pedro in the paper at 20s, um, drawn 28. The last seven winners have all been in the 20s, draw-wise. So against the Stanside Whale is the place, I think, to be. Um, it's not gospel, but I think I'd rather be there than than drawn low. Uh, he's drawn 28, so he's got a good draw. Look, he's long in the tooth. He's seven years old, but you just have to go back through his form. Uh, at Leperstown last time, he was trapped in behind a wall of horses. It was the most painful thing you can watch. He was only beaten four and a half lengths by Broadhurst, but when Broadhurst flew down the outside, he was checked up and couldn't get through and was just on the bridle. Um, so that would have just put him spot on for this. He'd previously won at Newmarket on the July course. He's run three times at Newmarket, twice on the July course, and they are three of his best runs. Just I don't know what it is about the Cambridgeshire air. It seems to kind of... Um, um, put him in a good mood I think I don't know what it is but he runs really well um, he's off a mark of 102 which is fair we know he can operate off that level um, this track will suit strong run mile a bit will suit um, yeah I just think he's going to run well uh, I'll stick with him um, he's 18 to 1 now he still gets 6 places I think he'll run really really well um, <laughs> the other one I put up was a bit more imaginative Um if truth be told, and it's more of an eye thing, it's more of something where visually you spot and you think, oh, I'd like to have a look at him. Um, Paradeus, Alan King's horse, number 14. He's drawn 18, so he's got a good enough draw. Um, he, I fancied him at York last time and over a mile and a half, and he looked to have the race in the bag, and then he kind of curled up a bit late on and just didn't stay. And the return, he'd previously finished fourth to ancient Rome. Um, it's just a combination of fast ground, strong one mile and one. Um, whether he's quite good enough to win in a race like this, I don't know, but he's fairly handicapped off 95. Um, Stables in good enough form. Ross Ryan takes the ride. He's a horse that'll be put up, you know, up there in the van. I don't like horses having to make up too much ground. I think he'll be well positioned. Um, I, I just think he's overpriced. He's 33 to one. Is he would he quite have the gears for it? Not sure, but um, I think you'll wake up in the morning and, and some of these firms will be offering. 18, 19, 20 places, the way they all go. Everyone offers so many places on a day. Um, you know, I've already seen Skybet offering eight and Paddy Power offering seven. You know, the, a horse like him, he's, he's a fair each way bet at 28s, 33s, if you can get it at that kind of price because I just think he'll run solid. Um, so those are my two. I went with them on Wednesday. I'm not going to abandon ship. Now, the problem with a race like this is the more you look at it, you can look at horses like Merlin the Wizard and Haunted Dream. They could all run well. Uh, even last year's winner, Majestic's over the, uh, overpriced at 25s. But you got to stick to your guns. I'm going to go with Bo Pedro. I'm going to go with Paradias. And um, I'm going to sit back and uh, enjoy them and watch Greek order absolutely dot up. <laughs> you always say that and they never do. It's always your selection that does the, <laughs> does the business in the end. So good luck in the Cambridgeshire on Saturday. Now, of course, on Sunday, it's the massive day racing at Longchamp in Paris. It's a mile and a half. It's 3.05. The Qatar Prix de l'Arc Triomphe, obviously a group one. There's 15 of them. Continuous was supplemented for this race, as was the German raider Fantastic Moon, who won the German derby in Hamburg on way to this one. The unbeaten horse here is Ace Impact, who's won a group one at Chantilly, the printed jockey club. He won the group one. And then he won a group two at Deauville last time out. He won by three quarters of a length, beating Al Riffa. So Ace Impact is pretty much the talking horse, the French horse unbeaten so far. Continuous, Aiden decided that 15 days is enough of a gap to bring Continuous back. Hookham's in the race for Owen Burroughs. He probably need a bit of rain, and they're not getting any rain in Paris at the moment. He takes on Westover again. They were first and second in the, the King George at uh, Ascot, of course. We've got the likes of Feed the Flame, who's a French horse, Bay Bridge, who's in there for Sir Michael Stout, Fantastic Moon, who I mentioned. And the Japanese have got Through Seven Seas, who was only a neck behind Equinox, which is brilliant form on anyone's form book. But uh, his she, the Japanese dream, Chen, can she do it? 
uh, for the Japanese. They've tried so many times and haven't quite managed to get there. I know you tipped this race up during the week before the draw was made, and uh, your horse had been drawn in 15 now. So talk us, before we talk about some of the rest of the Paris card on Sunday, talk about Simka Miller and, and how you see the arc being run this year. Yeah, the key to this is the we're going to get a decent ground arc for the first time in a long time. Uh, the weather, as you alluded to, is is set fair in Paris. The sun is shining. It's 26, 27 degrees. It was a bit confusing earlier in the week on kind of Monday when they were putting the going description out as very soft. And yet you see five, six, seven days of 25, 26 degree, degrees and sun. And the clock of the course there came out, so they get heavy dews in the morning. So so the ground is going to be drying out, but slowly. Um, but their good to soft is our good. And, um, you know, their good is our good to firm. And I think we're going to be in that territory. We're definitely going to be good ground. We might even be good to firm. It's going to be very sunny and hot on the day. The ground is, they're not watering. It's just going to start to dry out, which gives the favourite Ace Impact every chance of staying. Um, he's he's brilliant, you know. Ace Impact is 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 a phenomenal horse over a mile and a quarter. He's unbeaten. Um, he's beaten everything that's been put in his way. You know, he smashed Big Rock out the way in the French Derby over a mile and two and a half, and then one at Deauville beat Al Riffer of Joseph O'Brien's in a Group Two last time. Um, that was hardish work, um, but his, he kind of stayed on and got the job done. Um, this is obviously his biggest test. It's a big step up in trip. Um, he's very classy, he's quite keen, going to have to be held up, going to need a bit of luck, plenty short enough, but he's ob the obvious one and, and probably the one to beat. And then you've got a wave of, of our kind of GB and Irish challengers um, headed up by Hookham, who obviously I really fancied in the King George. I do like him. Um, I think he's rock solid. Um, funnily enough, he was kind of short at the beginning of the week at kind of, you know, four, nine to two, and he's drifting out to sixes. The more he drifts, the more I've actually would like to, to be with him. I think he could drift a bit more um, because he's more effective when the, when the mud flies. But, you know, if he hits seven, eight, so definitely be interested in him and him. Westover obviously tied in together. I just felt there was some value in the race and earlier on in the week I felt that Sim Camille might be the the value call um French trained very effective on good ground um won the um group one in Germany last time um the race that you know lots of horses have um including um last year's winner used as a prep um to come on here uh, was odds on for that and won it um, kind of fairly comfortably. Very effective on good ground. Just a class thing. Uh, it looks like he's got a bit to find, but um, the key with him is he stays. Um, the draw is a shocker. That's the reason he's taken a big drift. I, I thought kind of 16 and 18 was value early in the week. Um, and if you could just get a nice draw and... Uh, the reason about the draw is you, you get trapped out wide for a long period of the race and shuffle back. And he managed to, with my kiss of death, land 15 of 15, uh, which is a massive kick in the nuts, if truth be told. Um, but I'm not going to abandon him. And I think, um, you know, as soon as he, he got that draw, everyone started pushing him out to 25s and hills of 33s this morning, four places. And look, he's, he's going to have to get out get across, get a position. Uh, you'll know your fate pretty early, but I think he can be competitive and can run his price. Um, life is definitely a lot harder from, from trap 15. Um, the other one of interest is if he does start to try out is the, is like you say, is the Japanese horse through seven seas. Um, you know, she's, she's a five-year-old mare. Um, I don't mind the mares in this race. Uh, you know, they tend to win it more often than not. Um, you know, going back to the, likes obviously enable but Subotica and last year Alpinista you know there's so many mares that actually Trev get a little well, bit of yeah Trev of course yeah yeah Trev won about eight times so he's won it three times <laughs> um twice you won it but but um you know so so the mares do go well and look Equinox is is rated the best horse in the world and and um through seven seas got within a neck of her last time um back in June um having you know in in her hat trick bid so it's not like it was a one-off freaky performance um she previously um 
been very effective and they probably roll the dice here thinking that hopefully they get decent ground and they are going to get decent ground and i'm not sure the market has fully woken up to her um so look wide open arc all the firms offering four places some five places sky better five places um if you can bet with bet, i think through seven c's each way at 12s five places is a lovely bet take the four places elsewhere um and i won't abandon sim camille at 33s i will just hope she he can get out and get a place and run okay but um yeah it promises to be a great race it's one of those races where if you if you just look at the result later on you wouldn't be surprised if five or six of them had won it would you you would say oh he's you know hookham's got it oh westover's done it oh continuous has got it oh ace impact you wouldn't it wouldn't surprise you yeah Totally. And we all had a wake up call with Torquato Cantasso, who's your fancy. But we all had a wake up call uh, <laughs> yeah. when he won it. Say that anything can win it. And it's just it's just a price thing. And and the, and the problem is is that like you say, you wouldn't be surprised if any of those top four or five no. won it. And they're priced accordingly. And that's why I'm just going for the unusual, because I think the you know, the Japanese came painfully close to winning it with Orfevre and you know, in the early parts of the year in February and March, we were saying how the Japanese have the best middle distance horses in the world when they dominated in in um in Saudi and Dubai. And we you know, um the Equinox was made favourite for this race and didn't obviously come here. But this this mayor's slightly forgotten, uh, as as is Sim Camille, who's just as under the radar as being not good enough. And when horses are filed in the not good enough uh, bracket, sometimes, um, but makers overreact. And 33 just feels a bit too big for a horse that's on the back of winning a Group One. Yeah. I just think it's worth playing. Good stuff. Okay, we'll have a look at the Breeder Labe, the five furlong, which they moved to 425 now. So after the arc, couple of races, in fact, and they keep moving it. It used to be the first race, then it was in the third one. Now, now it's around about the fifth or sixth race. Uh, of the the day at 4:25, at five furlongs over a different course down the middle of the track. We'll get Bill's thoughts on the Abbey, but before we do, let's hear from Sam Hoskins once again. He's got two greedy two horses in the Abbey. Kenneth Valley have got equality in the race, and he also manages the Hot to Trot Syndicate, and they've got Get Ahead for Clive Cox, and they were both in action. And uh, in Ireland recently, when they finished second and third, when I spoke to Sam, he was a bit worried about the draw, which we still don't know on Friday as we record this, where they're going to be drawn. And that can be so important. But when I spoke to him, first of all, about equality, how he ran so well in that Irish race recently when finishing second to Moss Tucker. He's run a few times now at Goodwood and hasn't run that well, which is quite interesting. So, um, but he, he didn't run too badly there. He just, um, he just got a bit unbalanced at the start and things. But, um, mm-hmm. but obviously the last twice he's run a cracker in the Nunthorpe in sixth when he, when he just, um, he's on the wrong side, to be quite honest. And, um, and obviously he was a, he was a gallant third in the flying five the last day, which sort of kind of confirmed he's up to group one level, which is great for us because there's so many dreams now. I mean, next season, if, if all goes well, you can, you can kind of map out a plan for him where he might go. And um, he's always promised to be a top level horse. Um, and, and he's grown up so much. I mean, Dan, Danny's got a really good tune out of him the last twice and William Buick before that. So, um, but he is a horse that probably need takes a bit of knowing. And um, yeah, he's, he is very, he's highly progressive and, and, and he is only five really, which actually in sprinting terms is not that much. Mm-hmm. Hopefully there's more to come from him. And um yeah, it's obviously the draw tomorrow morning will be absolutely crucial and we all keep our fingers crossed we get a good draw. And But if, but if he does, then he's got a real shout. And I think just genuinely decent ground will be perfect for him. Um, he's quite flexible on that, I think. There's not too much he can handle. He probably doesn't want it extremes, but um, it should, should be nice ground. And yeah, and he, he's, capable of, he's capable of winning a big one. And we, um, yeah, we can just keep our fingers crossed, hope for the best, really. I mean, he won the, the Coral Charge, which is a Group 3 under William Buick, as you say. But just how different does it change his life, having run twice in Group 1, beaten three and a quarter and one and three-quarter lengths by the winners? I mean, you know, that's that's right up there with the best, isn't it, really? Yeah, exactly. I think the, the, the five furlong 
well, the, the whole sprinting division this year is much more open than it's perhaps been without the likes of Batash around and stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah. um, obviously trained by Charlie as well. And um, yeah, he, he's right up there and he's one of those that hopefully there's more to come going forward. Um, and, it, and it's so exciting to be able to think, well, actually, yeah, next summer in mean, the King's stand and stuff like that, we can have a serious consideration. Because this year we didn't put him in that. He ran in the, he ran in the Palace House the first time out and the nature of the King's stand meant the entries closed before the Palace House, which is just frustrating when they do that, really, for us smaller owners, because it's, it's, um, it, it's, it's, you have to make these hard decisions. But we decided, we decided then we made the decision that if, if he, we were going to sort of think about something like the pre, we, we were going to go for the Prix de Grosje, and we didn't actually in the end because he didn't run so well. Um, that he went for the temple. We went for the temple, but and then he would have gone for the Prix de Grosje, so we weren't going to go to Ascot last year. But right. but this year, but this next year, we might decide to put him in the King Stand, and and, and we'll, we'll we'll probably be lovely to think we could run at Ascot because it would. Um, he'd run well at Ascot before um, last year um, in the handicap, but um, yeah, it'd be lovely to think of those kind of races. You've also got a filly in the Abbey, Get Ahead, which is hot to trot racing, which you also manage, and and, and she was was just behind Moss Tucker in, in that uh, flying five in, in the group one, beaten half a length. You must have been overjoyed with that run on, in Ireland. Oh, that was brilliant. She hasn't she hasn't had the most amount of luck this season with the ground of things. Um, and she's a she's a very fast filly and actually not dissimilar to, to, to equality in quite a few ways. Um, but that was an amazing run. I have to say, with a furlong to go, I couldn't believe my eyes. Both of them were big prices, but both of them, but both of them with a furlong to go were were first and second, and I just couldn't I couldn't believe it. But um, yeah, sadly for us, Moss Tucker denied them both. But if, if you'd said that either of them could be in the top three beforehand, I'd have been over the moon, and let alone second or third. So she's got a, she's got a real chance on on Sunday as well. But like equality. She, she could win. <laughs> she could win. Simple as that. And I mean, it, it's, you need a lot of luck in these five furlong races. And if yeah. you ran the race ten times, there might be lots of different winners. But but she's very much up to the grade, as we saw. Is probably her swan song. Um, she may well be going off to stud after this. Um, but she's least least from Whitsbury Manor studs, and uh, who are amazing breeders. And she's a sister to, to, to Caldine, who won the two thousand guineas. Uh, what a, what a breeding prospect she is. The grits. Group one placed sister to a guinea twitter, um, as well as a full sister to Alchemate as well. So right. she's an amazing, she's an amazing filly, and and you just never know on Sunday. She's 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 she, she like like a quality. They're closely matched on that flying five flying five form, and um, you never know. And um, Richard Kingscott will ride her. Danny Muscat will ride um, the quality, and um, yeah, just keeping my, keeping all of our fingers and toes crossed. And and for yourself and all of the the owners, you know, with. Kennet Valley and with Hot to Trot. What does it mean to have runners on Arc Day in, in Paris Longchamp? I mean, I've been there many times. It's a brilliant day's racing uh, as, a, as a broadcaster journalist. So as an owner, I can't imagine how exciting it is. Oh, it is seriously special. And that's, and that's what it's all about. It's all about, the, it's all about the owners, the syndicate members here, because, I mean, it's just, that's, that's, what, that's what I'd imagine everyone's dream is when they buy into a horse that they have a horse good enough to go to some major race days. And yeah. A lot of people too are winning any race is a big thing. And for me, for me, I find it's about horses achieving their potential. But um, it is the absolute dream to have a runner in a Group One. Um, I'm very lucky to have uh, to be involved with two syndicates with with two runners in that race, which is incredible. And but really, it's just so special to see people just enjoy it so much and and just and 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 have an experience which is. There's not many other sports that you can go and compete at um, at the top table um, with unless you're sort of competing. And this is a way you can have your horse and go and compete at at, at the at the top at, at the top level in, in the sport and, and and be a part of it and meet your jockey and trainer and and um, and watch your horse uh, against some of the best some of the fastest horses in Europe. What what a, what a day it will be! It's it's really really special and it's it's obviously it's it's, it's easier said than done. It's, you don't know, get these every day of the week and you've got to really appreciate the good days and win lose or draw. Hopefully everyone will have a really good time and um, hopefully it will inspire a few more people to get involved. Um, ownership, syndicate ownership, etc. Um, and hopefully the main thing is give people a lot of good time because it's it's a hobby for it's a hobby for everyone and um, and um, certainly. We're very lucky to work in, in in the industry where we're able to hopefully give people lots of fun. And there are lots of the, the, the journeys, the journeys up and down. I mean, think of a horse like a quality as a three year old. He was a bit disappointing, but it's um, amazing to his, his journey as a horse in particular, where he could um, he's now at the top level, which is amazing.
there's Sam Hoskins, as you mentioned before, Kennet Valley. They they get the horses ready for the big days, and they've got uh, equality in here for Charlie Hills, and there's also got Get Ahead, who finished ahead of equality in that Irish race behind Moss Tucker, who's also in the Abbey as well. It was a great day for for Sam. I mean, as he said, first two of the furlong to go in a big race like that, the in a in a Group One flying five, and just gets touched off he must have been absolutely delighted is the draw going to be so beneficial that we were going to have to wait to find out where they are or is highfield princess who disappointed last time out at the curra in that race with moss tucker and the others where she was apparently in season having done so well before that is she going to be the favorite and and how do you see this this sprint it's an incredible big feel for such a, a unique track yeah, so breaking news, Chris, the draw has just kind of landed. We're recording this on Friday morning. The draw is just kind of dropping in as we speak. And you traditionally want a low draw in the Abbey to, to blast out and get a get away. And um, good news for, for Sam, or goodish news. I mean, quality's breaking out of Trap 8, um, which um, they'll be pleased that they've got a single-figure draw and get ahead 9. So they're the right side of it. Uh, harder work for Highfield Princess from Trap 14. Um, I was looking to probably oppose her anyway. She just hasn't quite looked herself this season. Um, she's run really well. I mean, it's a great kind of prize money gatherer, but um, lots of those races, she hasn't looked like winning um, like she did um, 12 months ago. Um, she looked like a like a machine and, and, and you know, things may have just caught up with her. Um, this is, is really hard. Um, the two horses I was keen to keep an eye on, um, the first was Moss Tucker, who uh, is in great form, has won uh, his last two at the top level last time uh, and previously beat good old Thunderbear. Um, he's a horse who is improving dramatically for the Condons. Um, ran well in the race 12 months ago and from a double-figure draw, uh, drawn in 11, and remarkably has left the same draw this time. I mean, what's the chances no, of that? Um Comes out the same draw, which makes life a little bit tougher for uh, Moss Tucker. Um, but yeah, I think he, he's a play here, but you sometimes get big price upsets here. And I was hoping for a low draw for a horse called Pontus, who's a real speedball. And he's breaking out of the trap too. He could be a real big prize, Pontus. Um, before the draw, obviously I haven't seen the up, updated prices, but he was a 16-21 shot before the draw. And I thought that's just a big price for him. He's going to be in front halfway. Whether he gets reeled in or not, I don't know. But he is very fast, very quick, has a rail to run against. And before you know it, they pass the line off last ground. And Pontus might just make every yard in this at 16 or 18 to 1. So he would get my vote uh in that contest. Uh looking at the other races on the on on, on the card, you know, obviously um we're still a bit 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 out and, and the draws are just just dropping but Lagadere haven't got a got a strong view. Uh the actual um Marcel Boussac's cut up too. Um I thought there'd be a a, a bigger field uh for that. Um I think um I was a bit surprised at such a such a such a small field. Uh, Darnation runs and Opera Singer runs, but Darnation is a quality two-year-old. But yeah, it's been very effective on soft ground. The ground could be quite quick. Um, come then, um, the the usual. Um, uh, yeah, everyone's going to be keen to have a have a look at the uh, Blue Rose Sen in the in the um, Pre de Opera, but I'd be keen to take her on. I thought Lumiere Rock of Joseph O'Brien's was probably a fair bet against her in the Pre de l'Opera. Um, and in the foray, um, even money, Kim Ross, the usual steady fixture for everyone <laughs> to get themselves out of trouble on art day. Um, be pretty hard to beat, I'd have thought, um, Kim Ross. I think um, uh, that's probably not the worst worst bet in the world. But yeah, that's 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 the rest of the field. That's the rest of the card on, on art day. So a great day of racing to look forward to in Paris on Sunday afternoon. But before that, we can have a bit of great racing from Hong Kong Sunday morning. It all starts at six o'clock for a 10 race card at Sha Tin Racecourse. And our expert Wally Pyra joins us once again. We said last week could be a big week for Lyle Hewitson. And he had a couple of winners, a couple of places. He's doing very well. 
How about this week, Wally? What does the card look like? Um, well, it's another 10 races. Let's hope we can find a few winners because uh, we're all banking on William finding the winner of the, the Art de Triomphe and the Cambridgeshire and what have you. And I know he had a good winner last week, which even I had a few dollars on, which makes a change. I didn't stop it for him. So uh, congratulations. <laughs> well, well done. Well but if, done. No, if no good, we'd um, bill, well, as I say, at uh, in France and at Newmarket, let's hope we can find something in Hong Kong. Ten races, as you said, starts at six o'clock. The um, the highlight race of the day is the 9.40, the National Day Cup, over five furlongs, prize money £420,000, uh, seven runners. And as I said, I said last week, there was only six or seven runners in one of the races there, the big race, the Group 3. I said it was a like Rubik's Cube trying to sort out, and it unfortunately the horse that i did fancy went on one but i couldn't believe that it started at nine to one so these sort of odds you've just got to keep an eye on and see and see what happens but let's start let's have a look at this uh, national day cup john size now john size the trainer i mean he's the champion trainer as per norm he never had a winner he won't have had a winner in september it's just unbelievable. He's had 23 losers, but by the end of the season, you can guarantee he will be challenging for the trainer's title again. And it's just only a matter of time before he gets a winner now and starts firing on all cylinders. He went close on Wednesday. So keep an eye out on John Sides. His horse is he's represented in this race by Sight Success, the only um, group winner in these seven runners, believe it or believe it not. And that was over this trip, the Group 3 Bohemia Sprint Trophy in January, where he beat a good field. One or two of the racing um, followers will remember him. He finished fourth in the Alquaz Sprint in Dubai. He was third in a Group 1, the Centenary Cup, behind Lucky Swainess. So those are the type of opponents he's been meeting, and he certainly doesn't meet anything like that. However... However, there's always a big however on this. He does have to give the minimum of £11 to his next rival. And most of his runners, opponents he's meeting, he's giving £18 to. So all in all, he faces a stiff task first up, but he is a very smart performer. Looking at his rivals, you've got the next one down, Stoltz representing Francis Law and Zach Purton, finished the season winning his last two races, one over the course and distance. He has an obvious chance. And then you've got trainer Frankie Law, who runs a couple of uh, contenders, Adios and Rewarding Hero. Just a, a slight aside there, um, Frankie Law's now looking for one winner uh, to get 400 wins in Hong Kong. So, he could reach a milestone on Sunday. But he's got Adios and Rewarding together. Probably from what I'm reading, he thinks that Adios will be the uh, the best, his best horse, purely and simply because it likes firm going. And I can promise you it will be fast conditions on Sunday. So all in all, it's a it's a good race. I would have fancied uh, um sight success, but it is a tough ask first up despite he got leading jockey Hugh Bowman on, um, giving all this weight away. But nevertheless, it'll be a great spectacle to watch. Now, talking about Francis Loy with Stoltz, Francis Loy's just been taking the season by storm. He had eight winners um, during September, but he went to Happy Valley on Wednesday. He looked like he was going to have another big payday there. All his um, followers all banked onto his uh, runners. He had four contenders, short price favourites, and they all sunk, well, not without trace. They were close up, but they all got beat. But listen, he's, he surely will have a winner on Sunday. He's got, he's, I think he's got seven runners, of which I would say probably four or five have got big chances. The one I like probably is in the seven o'clock 
um, the six furlong handicap. So always called Call Me Dandy. Ran up, ran first up recently. Hated the soft ground conditions when he was fourth behind Supreme Lucky. Just ran out of puff in the closing stages. Looked like he was going to win. He's sure to come on for that race. And as I've said, he will encounter fast conditions. He's got a chance. In the 7.30s, got Noble One with Alexi Bedell, bottom weight. He ran, um, he ran well on his seasonal run over five furlongs. That was his prep run for this, for six. He's got a big chance. And another one that interests me is a horse called Module Construction with Vincent Ho. Francis Loy's got Vincent up on his horse. A big, successful combination, Loy and Ho. Uh, module construction. He trialed very well. He last year's form. He's still looking for his first win, but last year's form was good. He has Dragon's Luck to beat the top weight. First ride for Purton this season for Douglas White. If he goes off in front, he's got a massive chance. I don't know how they're going to ride him. He runs best when he leads Dragon's Luck. He hasn't he hasn't done that in his last few runs, but if he gets out in front with Burton dictating the tempo, he's got a very big chance. Now, the other horse, the main horse which will attract the most attention on Sunday is Super Sunny Singh. We all remember this one, Chris, from last year. This is the horse that had four wins on the bounce. Um, including the prestigious Hong Kong Classic over nine furlongs. He went up £32 in the ratings. Chris So will reckons he's going to be certain to be racing in group company this year. His fi final run of last season, he disappointed just a trip too far, the 10 furlong trip. Second favourite in the Hong Kong Derby. Wasn't his distance too far for him. So put him away for the rest of the season. So he hasn't had, didn't have a race for six months. He came out recently, ran a very encouraging race over a trip, an inadequate trip over seven furlongs behind the golden scenery. He's certain to have tightened up for that contest. He carries top weight, but I think he's running against, he's running against seasoned good handicappers. But if Chris So reckons he's going to be in group company this year. I reckon he will be very upset if he's not there to greet this horse in the winner's enclosure after the 9.05 over the one-mile trip, at nine, as I say, at 9.05. So he's the horse, the centre of attention. For anybody probably likes a few, he's not going to be a big price, Super Sunny Singh. If you're going to be looking for something a little bit at attractive odds, I put up a horse here called All of St. Paul's, trained by Frankie Law again. The reason I'm putting him up is I've looked that he's won. Um, he's won the last two seasons. He's won first up. And in fact, he won this corresponding race last season from just a two-pound uh, lower mark. Um, he always does well at at the beginning of the year. That's the time to catch him right. He's um, got Matt Chadwick on. Um, Chadwick's ridden him, has ridden to win twice on him from a few runs. So you know they're probably meaning serious with this horse. He's obviously been earmarked by his trainer for this race for some time. He's a front runner. He may not be good enough. I mean, he's getting a bit long in the tooth. He's a seven-year-old. But if... If Chadwick can just get the fractions right out in front, I do expect he could run well and could cause a surprise. So keep an eye out on all of St Paul's if you don't want to back the favourite. Finally, I've just got to mention this horse. In the 10-15, makes me laugh, this Casper Founds. Listen, Casper's throwing everything at the moment into it. He's doing exceptionally well. He's had seven winners. He's had a lot of horses have hit the crossbar by finishing second. They all they all come on for their first run of the season. What made me laugh was he's got a horse called Karma, who runs in the 10-15. It's a handicap over seven furlongs. This horse has got top weight. 
And that's down to a very impressive performance over this trip last season. But during the close season, he did very little work, limited preparation. He ran recently over five furlongs. No trial, very limited, as I say, preparation. What's he going to do? To me, that was like a glorified trial he had. Mm -hmm. He finished stone last, but he galloped all the way to the line. I guarantee you will see a different proposition in this race. I don't expect him to be a massive price because he's a good horse, but watch out for him. Watch for a horse that finished last first up to a horse that's going to go very close to winning in the 10-15. Thanks, Wally. Really should be a great couple of days racing with Newmarket on Saturday, Paris Longchamp Sunday and Sha Tin Hong Kong as well on early Sunday morning. There are loads of horses to look enjoy, to look forward to, and hopefully a bag full of winners as well. Thanks to Bill for joining us and to our special guest today, Sam Hoskins from Kennet Valley Syndicate for being on the podcast as well. Well, that's it from us for today. We'll be back again next week as we take our usual look ahead to the weekend's top racing action. So please make sure you join us then if you can. Don't forget to visit the City AM website for all the latest news and horse racing tips. Both Wally and Bill have got their tips online as well for you to read and enjoy. And you can follow the podcast on Apple Tunes, Spotify, Amazon Music or Stitcher and then you'll get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. Have a great weekend. Enjoy it. Bye for now.